Hello. Hello. We are testing levels. Testing levels. Right. Hello and welcome back to Ogman and Squeak. My name is Lily and I live in this flat. I had to think for a moment then because I think I honestly forgot my name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my name's Tamara and I don't live in this flat. We have a bit of a weird setup today, so I'm, I'm sat on my floor. Tamara is laid out, waiting for I'm, some... Yeah, I'm lounging. I'm a lady <laughs> of leisure. <laughs> so, um, we're getting very excited now, because this is... We had decided that we were going to record um, a few podcasts before we release them, sort of, to the wider world. And we are currently sat here, two days before we're releasing, recording... The final podcast um, that's going to go live when we release the other, is it, f we're up to five now, right? This, this is, is our fifth. fifth, yeah. So this podcast is the marker of us actually letting this out into the, the wider world. Which... Yeah, yeah. And today it was nice because I sent the link to uh, one of our friends and uh, she had a listen and gave some feedback which was really lovely but obviously that's a, that's an echo chamber of feedback because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't imagine her ever being like do you know what it's fucking awful <laughs> you're terrible <laughs> shut up go away yeah <laughs> now I would give that feedback to yes someone. yes you would <laughs> <laughs> but somehow they'd leave that feeling like oh it was nice of time to do that <laughs> honest and she really she's really helped me understand where I stand in all of this and that where I stand is that I'm shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no this is a straight up line Tam is Tam is very good at giving feedback and most of the time it's positive and when it's not positive it's because it needs to not be positive because you're doing something stupid <laughs> yeah or because I am amusing myself because I find it absolutely hilarious to be mean <laughs> whether anyone else finds that funny, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand, so, however, how anybody takes you being mean seriously, though. Yeah. You look like manic. <laughs> just so excited. And then your voice goes like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say something mean. And you're just like, I can't take you seriously. You, 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 you sound like a frog. Like, why is this? <laughs> and it's because I just find it really funny to say mean things, and I don't mean them at all <laughs> but if i thought of it i have to say it um and and it, and it, it has occasionally upset people i have been told that i need to stop being as mean as i can be but i think that's more the avalanche effect than me needing to stop being mean entirely <laughs> it's just you shouldn't be mean to someone for like a hundred mean comments in a row yeah apparently there that's bullying. Be, there needs to be a little bit of yeah a little bit of love sprinkled right, in. I'm just going to move this chair. Cause... <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> so my back has no support and now I'm dying. This is why. Should have chose the lounging life. Well, I might grab a beanbag. I mean, do you trust yourself to have that beanbag not be making sound? Oh, there's still every... this footstool that you're currently actually looking for, <laughs> using for your feet. <laughs> oh. What am I doing? Why am I doing this like this? This made it so much worse. <laughs> Lily has a very uh, active floor that is like... <coughs> <laughs> it has a lot of opinions, you know, any the slightest movement and the floor is making so much noise. Y'all can definitely hear it. <laughs> Why, the way I'm approaching this footstool... I don't understand what you're doing right now. <laughs> I've got a leg under it. I know, you're trying to cross your foot... Uh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, immediately well my back feels better. Yeah. Well, that was good. Yeah. Uh, very happy to see that you are now comfortable. I'm still lying here. Very comfortable. I don't know if we're going to be able to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Um, ladies, gentlemen, girls, theys, and gays, uh, welcome to the podcast. Here it is Stream of Consciousness. Yeah, apologies for that. None of us know what's going on. Yeah, especially us. <laughs> I was having a think today about... So I was like, okay, so we've got this podcast going, and that's very exciting. And the best thing about this is it's an excuse for us to hang out. Um, and I've been taking... So I, I do marketing. Uh, that's my job. Um, but a lot of the marketing I do now is like strategic marketing, which means I don't get to do like the nuts and bolts of marketing much anymore. 
and it's been really fun just like <laughs> Tamara was just you know Tamara's doing all the stuff that I absolutely hate doing that she is telling me that she loves doing I really enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> so I can't think of anything worse than editing a podcast <laughs> to me I'm just like that sounds terrible and I'd inevitably do a lazy job of it like it would not be a good edit um, but Tamara's been really enjoying it or at least telling me that she is. Uh, and so I've been doing all the other, th- like not the, all the other things. That makes it sound like I'm doing a huge <laughs> amount of work. You are doing a huge amount. I could not be bothered with all of the organisational stuff that you have to do and all of the different platforms that you have to deal with. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. No. Whereas I am in my absolute happy place. I've made us a website, which you should check out, ultimateandsqueaky.com. We have a podcast hosting service. We so we got I got we both got very excited this morning because <laughs> we got the email through to say that our podcast had been approved to go onto Spotify. Yeah, which is great. Feels very official. Feels very scary. But looking forward to sending that link out to people and like actually having some listeners. Which mm-hmm. well, hopefully some listeners. Many many thousand adoring fans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we expect um, people lining the street. We expect. Look, if I don't get a stalker, then <laughs> no, no, don't put that out in the world tomorrow. <laughs> no fear. No, no fear. have fear. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. It depends what kind of stalker it is. No, uh, no, it doesn't depend. It's just it all totally round does. a bad thing. Are Stop they, manifesting this. Are they hot? <laughs> No, and do they want to? Do they want to tomorrow? Do they want to three six five days me? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Uh, it's a Netflix film that is fucking awful about this like mafia guy who kidnaps a woman and holds her for three hundred sixty five days, doing all the sexy things to her until she falls in love with him. Okay, Tam, I've got several questions. Yeah, question number one. You know what? I can't even put them into questions. There are just there are so many things wrong with that. <laughs> You're, you're saying this to the person who is currently writing a blog post about my questionable tastes in men. Yeah, but fictional men. And <laughs> the person who, what was it, like Saturday, declared 2021 the year that I embraced monster fucking. <laughs> so, oh no, there is no context for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my parents are going to listen to this. <laughs> Hi, Lily's parents. <laughs> so many questionable statements tomorrow <laughs> and I'm so worried it's gonna be one of those things where you say it and it becomes true and you're just like god damn it tomorrow when, when I call you up to record the next podcast or just send you a message and you don't reply and they check in with your housemates no mess no, no oh yeah Tam's disappeared for some reason is she not at yours check in with the library no and I'm just like fuck sake Tam you've been three six five <laughs> There was a there was a TikTok uh, going around which was how long would it take you to get Stockholm syndrome if you were kidnapped, and I was watching it and I was like, do you know what? If they were like one of the uh, like protagonists, uh, alpha beef kind of guys that are in all of the new adult and romance books, really sarcastic, really arrogant giving me a run for my money uh, but also a little bit caring like you know do do the kidnapping right and honestly probably about six hours oh <laughs> i already had a lot of concerns about your general um survival instincts but jesus <laughs> stop telling people you'll fall in love with them if they kidnap you <laughs> well this, this is the this is the hilarious thing though is that i am the person in our friendship group who is actually super pragmatic yeah. and not very emotional and also doesn't want like to actually be in a relationship with anyone because oh feelings <laughs> oh disgusting uh, i'm a sagittarius please leave me alone to be independent like oh stop being needy <laughs> so we were having a conversation we got together at the weekend to watch Eurovision as is our god given right yes <laughs> no point for the UK no point <laughs> and uh, we were talking about so I along with all the other millennials in the, the universe got super obsessed with TikTok over lockdown mm-hmm. um, and Tamara is to blame for most of that obsession literally everyone I know that is on TikTok is on TikTok because 
I infected them with my obsession with TikTok. Yeah, like, she explained to me at the beginning of lockdown that t- sending me TikToks was her way of expressing love. Yeah. Um, but I've since discovered that it's her way of dragging me down a deep hole with her. <laughs> I mean, that's an expression of love. <laughs> um, and one of the TikToks I've ended up on is all about star signs, which is something that I have zero awareness of. So I sat down with Tamara and her housemate Jenny at the weekend and was like, can you just explain like some basics to me? Because I have zero context for this whatsoever. (laughs) And every time it pops up and they're like, oh, it's such a Sagittarius thing. I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand you. We we do be astrological bitches at my house. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was on a previous episode when you said that if you go into a room, it's like she likes women in the moon. All the hints are there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have more than two or three uh, naked ladies in my room because why wouldn't you? And I have an entire section. I don't know where my where my coats and my jewelry gets hung, which is like devoted to Artemis and the moon because so it's aesthetically pleasing. Oh, totally. I used to have quite big parties here pre pre panini and one of the things that i used to enjoy was so we'd we'd all everybody would be i want to say big parties not huge like 15 people maybe um but in my living room that's not leaving much space for anything else (laughs) (laughs) and most people would be chatting we'd play games play music like that kind of stuff and it would be a because I, as a loud person, attract several other loud people to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there would always be this center of just noise coming from wherever me, Nate, Jenny, you know, any of the truly loud people were. And then there would be this corner of just serenity, which is <laughs> Tamara doing tarot readings in the corner. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know when we became, this became the party standard, and yet it is. Yep. <laughs> Because my my go-to for any party situation is find a corner where I can see everything happening and where people can come to me if they want to to like talk and hang out and I'm not directly in the centre of all of the loud chaos. noise and chaos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, like, I'll bring my tarot along with me because I, I own like nine different tarot sets and I, I just really enjoy it uh, as, a, as a way to, uh, almost like a form of therapy look at the cards and be like okay well what do I feel about this situation what is it I'm thinking about and yeah people started coming over to me and being like oh will you read to me um and I knew that I'd reached peak like weird tarot woman in the corner at a party uh when I did tarot readings for two people that I don't know anything about them and they both left the table almost in tears like oh god yeah I need to really think about my life and like oh my gosh I can't believe that you've like you know just like really read me for filth and I'm like yeah that's good that's what I do (laughs) (laughs) like my my I grew up quite religious and um, I, I, I'm really uncomfortable with the word religious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's because of like the connotations that are attached to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I grew up going to, it was, we called it uh, family church. And effectively it was 15 or so families who'd get together every Sunday. The person who, I think we used to call it give testament, but do sermons, uh, would change every week. Um, it would just be if somebody had something they particularly wanted to talk about. It's very um, alpha course. Oh, a hundred percent. And I did the alpha course as a, as a teenager and um, all that kind of stuff. And so because that was my like upbringing, uh, Christianity wise, it meant that for my entire life, the way I've seen Christianity is it's something personal. So the idea of going to a, a church and regularly in like a specific building and singing from a song sheet and all of that kind of stuff makes me vaguely uncomfortable. Perhaps not say I haven't done it, but <laughs> I always there like this doesn't feel like religion to me. This just feels like group humming. And uh, one of the things that so my boat. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you can hear that bus. I live right next to a bus depot. So, oh no, I just gave a hint to your stalker. <laughs> Come and get me, daddy. <laughs> Jesus, no. Sorry, Lily's, Lily's parents. <laughs> um, but the one thing that my family 
because you know we're very typical of the Christians I know, um, but atypical of the way Christianity is generally seen. Absolutely pro-gay. You know, I'm bi, so <laughs> it would be a problem for me if they weren't very liberal. You know, like just in a, on a general level, not traditional. Um, although I think that the idea of the tradition of the church being based on any form of hatred is in- intensely problematic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, even if it's historically accurate. Um, and so, but the one thing that I think I still have hang-ups on, and uh, certainly my family do, is the idea of the, like, occult. Mm. Um, so I remember when we first started hanging out, um, I was immediately uncomfortable with the idea of tarot and immediately uncomfortable with the idea of paganism and... Well, not so much paganism, because for me that's just another religion. But like the the accoutrement that comes with yeah. some pagan practice with tarot and anything that um, CW would describe as witchy. Yes. You know, like that <laughs> kind of vibe. Um, and I've certainly got over that discomfort, like massively hanging out with, you know, just getting to know people who... Because for, I know some people, for some t- people, tarot is something that is very important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, kudos to you. Um, it's just another form of worship, as far as I'm concerned. It's not a form of worship for a religion I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the, un- like, uncomfortableness I feel with tarot is it feels like I'm making light of an- another person's religious expression. Mm-hmm. Um but I still love it. Because <laughs> for me, I'm like, okay, so it's a way of, it's like when you um, tell yourself to pick a hand when you're trying to make a decision between two things. Yeah. And you pick a hand, you feel disappointment, and you're like, right, cool, so I'm going with the other hand. You know, like, yeah. the, it, it tells you what you actually think about something. Mm-hmm. And I always feel the same way about tarot, is uh, it's a way of, like, projecting what you're, like, is most at the forefront of your mind onto something that gives you a, a way of a way in to talk about that thing yeah um and that that's 100 percent how i approach tarot so like i'm pagan adjacent is <laughs> the only way that i can describe it uh, so i mean i i, I would describe myself as atheist uh but with pagan leanings which doesn't really make sense but it does to me. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm very much about archetypes, about self awareness, um, understanding fully like yourself as a person and those around you. And I think it's all just part of my general wanting to understand people and wanting to understand myself rather than a spiritual practice for me. Mm. Uh, so like you know I talked earlier about have uh, literally having like a shrine to Artemis in my room and it's because for me the archetype of Artemis is the independent woman the uh, the huntress the person who is not defined by her relationship to anyone else um, and protector of girls and women uh, and that to me is like super important and I I look at um, Artemis and I'm like cool that's that's the representation that I want in my in my mm. room because I need to feel uh, independent and I need to feel like I'm protected. Uh, so it's 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 projection uh, onto those different archetypes. In the same way that you know, I also then have uh, I have a picture of on my walls of one of the suffragettes uh, because I'm like, okay, that's another thing that I want to project into my space is the strong women who fought for what they believe in. Uh, so with tarot, I I use it as another tool to help understand myself and understand people around me because, I've said the word, this is like the third time I've said it now, it is projection. It is, you know, I've, I've drawn these cards. Uh, they have infinite uh, definitions. Uh, they, you know, there are there are some set definitions, but there's so many different ways to interpret and understand those. Uh, so to me, it's 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 nothing to do with witchcraft. Mm. Um, it's it's not spiritual at all. It's it's almost like journaling. Um, mm. 
I think for me, I so there there are large portions, and as a disclaimer, I do not even think I know anywhere near enough about uh, pagan faiths to be making any kind of <laughs> grand sweeping <laughs> statement about anything. Um, I wouldn't say I know anything about. Well, it doesn't stop me from making grand sweeping statements. It's I mean, just that who is I am as a that's, that's your thing. <laughs> Uh, but for me, that there's, there's something very attractive about paganism, um, purely because of the way it's like focused on uh, the earth and focused on uh, sort of individual spirituality and focused on yeah uh, the sort of giving back element of yeah. paganism is something that I am really interested in the idea that um, of earth having this sort of breath and having this sort of embodiment in a uh a sort of deistic way is really really fascinating to me because uh, for, for me you know I, I i grew i grew up christian but i feel like if i'd grown up in any religion i would be religious you know it, yeah. for me christian it just that's where i was born uh that was what i was born into but i feel like i'd have had like a, a similar experience or i'd have a similar relationship to god if i'd been brought up in a muslim um family yeah. or jewish or and granted each you know each religion treats the relationship with god slightly differently um and obviously with paganism it's not a relationship to god it's a relationship to mother nature and it's polytheistic and it can be so it depends yeah, on depending on yeah so it depends on the different branches of paganism because uh, obviously paganism is just is an umbrella term mm. for uh, lots of different practices mm. uh, so you have uh, goddess practice goddess worship mm. uh, which uh, there's many different representations of goddess within that um, Wiccan practice which uh, looks at both the god figure and the goddess figure. Uh, so balancing that kind of masculine and feminine divine it's one of the things that i used to and i still do to a certain uh, well no not even to a certain extent extent uh one of the things that i always think of when it comes to deities and uh monotheistic deities as well as uh polytheist blah, 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 i can't speak words Who knows? <laughs> um is the idea that all of these different gods are just representations of us as humans they're all you know different aspects of us and the divine uh, so obviously like the you know the Greek gods and goddesses they fall very heavily within that because they are mm. incredibly human in their pettiness and uh, and, and what and how they're uh, depicted but I feel like the same applies to uh, so many other deities and it's more about what is it reflecting of society mm. um, is what I find really interesting when I look at different religions is, you know, what what is being said through this worship or mm. what is being said through the words that are uh, given. Uh, I can't remember what the word is when you say the words that are expressed by that deity. What is it? The words that are given to the deity, but it's like meant to be what they're saying. Um, I don't know. Like religious texts or? No, it's it's a it's a word, but I can't remember. Um, it's not ringing a bell for me. I'm sorry. No, yeah. This is gen generally what happens in conversations is like I'll start off with I think I have a point, and let's 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 talk, and then eventually I'm like mm, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I think you made a point. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a, whatever happened it was informative <laughs> so that's the important thing um but yeah i think so one of the things i've noticed so i was trying to find something to watch while i was doing some data entry today and um scrolled past uh sabrina the teenage witch teenage yeah. witch the the netflix one and so i've watched oh the chilling adventures of oh, sabrina yeah, yeah that one yeah because although like the Sabrina original. the Teenage Witch was immaculate. Yeah. Immaculate. <laughs> and especially, so in contrast to our mutual obsession, that is Discovery of Witches. Yeah. Um, the way that this Sabrina, that franchise, I, to be fair to, to it, I didn't finish it. Neither did I. I only watched 
like three or four episodes and I, you know I while I was watching it I was like this feels a bit like it's uh, cherry picking cherry picking playing into satanic fears playing into yeah. that stereotype of what witchcraft is uh, the the evil the the blood and the gore and the sacrifice um, the rituals that don't mean anything uh, yeah like the whole thing to me was a hot mess and as someone who uh, has pagan leanings and friends who are pagan and understand it from their perspective I just found the whole thing to be really distasteful. Yeah, and I was just watching it and just thinking, like, well, this doesn't reflect anything I know about paganism. And granted, it's not something I know a huge amount about. But then you look at, you know, the, the way that the goddess is discussed in um, Discovery of Witches. Yes. And I was like, well, this is a, this is a system that makes sense. Whereas the chilling adventures, whatever, it just felt like it was being made into a spectacle that wasn't and then i read that stuff around them stealing the the statue of the devil from the church of satan so the church of satanism in new york or something oh they stole they yeah so they uh said i think they called it a statue of satan in the show is that it but it's a statue of baphomet yeah who is not satan yeah (laughs) and you know you know and the whole idea that i don't know if for as far as I'm aware on Satanism, it's just like atheism. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is because there's there's two. I think there's like the Satanic Temple, the Satanic Temple, and the Cult of Satan or the Church of Satan. Um, and one of them is a political group who mm. has all of the protections that a religious organization can have in America, mm. and they use that as a way to uh, make political points about how uh churches are able to get away with whatever they want Mm. so in their uh religious text it says that a woman uh has full autonomy over their body and having an abortion is a a religious right and so that's uh it's it's they're, they're actually really great um that sounds awesome they use yeah so they use the spectacle uh and I don't know, spectacle's not the right word, but they use the privileges that churches and religions are given in America to further... Secular. Secular, yeah. Yeah. Because I have to say, and I, this is, again, getting a bit off topic, but that's what is, that is what we, we do, after all, <laughs> is um, one of the things that I think that um, people who are not religious and people who are either agnostic, atheist, or just don't practice... Um, miss out on is that sort of community side of religion which i think is incredibly valuable you know like there's been some really big moments in my life that have been made those moments by the church and people around me um that you know it just is really special um but the problem comes from when it's somehow a necessity that you practice a religion to be able to form that kind of group. Yeah. Because I just think that that's a really, especially as an adult, yeah, I feel the same way about rugby clubs. (laughs) 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 Is I know if I moved anywhere and joined a church and joined a rugby club, I'd have an automatic social group. I'd have an automatic group of friends Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be my perfect soulmates for that region but yeah. it would be like a really great immediate support system and I, it, it just seems unfair that there isn't an equivalent for agnostics and atheists yeah and... well I've, I've always made the joke of uh so my my family uh were mormon so my my mum was mormon and then you know I, i've gone through all the flavors of christianity over the years <laughs> Uh, because my mum was quite a religious person. Uh, and I've always made the joke that if I decided tomorrow that actually I want to get married and I want to get married quite quickly, I'd just go ch- join the Mormon church. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that, 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 would, uh, that would happen rather quickly. You can't have a single woman. But I make that joke with the understanding that actually some of the nicest people I have met have been people mm. that I've met at church. Um, you know, the, the Mormon community that my mum was part of. Absolutely lovely people. 
And so I, I always hate that uh, tension that exists between atheists and religious people as if we can't exist together and be kind and just let people believe what they believe. Mm. And we've, we've, I've told you before about, you know, arguments I've had over the idea of truth and what is truth. Mm. Um, and, you know, the fact that I maintain that truth is subjective. Mm. Um, and I think it's really disingenuous for me as an atheist to turn around and be like, your entire life is a lie because your truth is that God exists and God loves you and supports you. And I always, so the sort of, Oh, what do you call it? the academic in me has a tendency to look at religion and especially you know we did the bible as a text, literary text yeah a literary text at um university and a lot of begetting a lot of begetting begat 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 um but th- there's a sort of tendency for me to sort of look at religion and see it as a function within a society um mm. for giving people where truth can be really subjective where there is no absolutes in anything giving some giving people something to have an absolute in Mm. um because you know as a as a a christian you believe there is a truth and that truth is is that it's god and that's that's the truth but what i often think is forgotten there that just because you believe a truth doesn't mean that you are any better or worse than anybody else it doesn't mean that you have the right to dismiss other people for their beliefs it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you have the right to do anything to anyone based on that because as far as i'm concerned it's a personal commitment between you and whatever you believe in yeah and if you have a problem with other people's beliefs if those beliefs aren't harming someone then what's the fucking deal like why why do you give a shit at the end of the day Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do we have, you know, I'm going to reduce it to something silly now, but do you prefer the red Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle to the purple one? Oh, we can never be friends. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's we're talking about like a, a core part of people's lives, but ultimately the idea that you can't accept that somebody else thinks differently to you and believes differently to you is just, it's you being unwilling to deal with the uncomfortable yeah and and to to circle us back i think this really uh really hones in for me the fact that you need to accept that i want to fuck monsters you know this is going to be one area where i'm happy to be a bigot tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) it's wrong it's just straight up wrong Unless, okay, so you're talking like anime monsters, right? I don't know. I said that I'd fuck the fish man from The Shape of Water. Yeah, okay. So we're talking about, you see, I'm comfortable with it being fictional beings and you're mm. not like going down to the local, I don't know. I mean, is there is bar. there a real fish man? Because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about, if you're talking about like people who are monsters, it's oh, not people no. with tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I... I have no interest in actual uh, people. No, do you know what? Actually, that's a true statement. Yeah. I have no interest in actual people. I only care about fictional characters. Yeah. Uh, that is the truth. Uh, <laughs> as uncomfortable as it might be for some people. <laughs> I don't see why that would be uncomfortable. I don't either. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I really don't get it. So you're like, you're not interested in... People are weird, man. Like <laughs> People be weird. They're so needy. You know, like, let me be. Stop trying to talk to me every 10 seconds and, you know, asking me, like, oh, what do you like about me? I don't care. Like, every time you ask me that, I like you less. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start asking you that more. Tamara, (laughs) what do you like about me? (laughs) I I was thinking about this the other day. So I was thinking about a time in my life where I was, like, my least favourite version of myself. Mm. Um, because I'm pretty much my favourite version of myself that has currently been in existence at the moment, you know. You know, everybody has bits and pieces about themselves that they don't like, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm happy with myself, I'm happy with my relationships with people, I'm just generally, like, happy. Yeah. 
and I was thinking about where I was least happy which for me was secondary school and the reason I was so unhappy is when I started secondary school I was the most outgoing upbeat cheerful little lily I could be um, I quite happily walked up to people on my first day and was like, hi, I'm Lily, let's be friends. Like, that was my <laughs> whole vibe. And I don't think that is massively different from who I am now, but that was definitely my general approach was optimism. Everybody wanted to be my friend. Everybody was just a potential friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that lasted until about year nine. <laughs> I'm so impressed that it lasted that long, though. Oh, it was it was a slow loss of, of that side <laughs> of myself, but pretty much completely disappeared in year nine. Um, and then I became one of the clingiest people alive. Like, mm. I really defined myself by who I was friends with. I really, you know, it was very typically teenage. I'd get upset if somebody I thought was my best friends was so, best friends with somebody else. Yeah. I was intensely lonely, um, didn't feel good about myself. I was convinced I was the largest human being who had ever existed. I was convinced I was the least attractive human being alive. I was incapable of talking to people without it being incredibly awkward. Um, and awkward for me can turn aggressive quite quickly. Yeah. Um, like if I'm feeling awkward, I I can come across as quite arrogant. I can come across as quite just resentful and Mm. it was like I you know I I wasn't happy with the person I was then but that was really only in school and I think the thing that kept me going was I was a different person at rugby I was a different person at scouts I was a different person at home and so it meant that the bits of me that I still loved about myself was still me around the people that like gave me the space to be that person yeah so around my parents and my siblings around uh, my rugby team around my scout group and that kind of thing and I remember when I first started at uni I'd just come back from a six-week week voluntourism thing <laughs> in Uganda um, which as questionable a decision that might have been uh, for teenage me was a really really like kick-started me going back to being me yeah um because it was six weeks where i was out of the country i was away from people that um in retrospect were just you know not that they were in any way bad people because they weren't they just were they were fucking awful no not at all (laughs) they were just uh i had made myself into a toxic person around them Mm. and it meant that i defaulted back to being that toxic person um when i was hanging out with them and it was such a release to be away from there like away from any of that stuff for six weeks and then almost immediately go straight to uni as soon as i got back and at uni it was just like an active decision just to reset and so i was manic at uni like as tam can probably vouch (laughs) i was so excited about being myself again that i was like i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna be friends with everyone this is going to be great. And so I ran too many societies. I was on like every board <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. I, <laughs> I don't know how I did any degree work because <laughs> I was too busy doing everything else. Um, and for the first time since primary school, I really genuinely felt like I could say I was friends with almost everyone. <laughs> you know, like it was just, I was very happy to be hanging out with a really like large group of people like I was really good friend, well, really good friends with a, you know, a, a smaller group of people. But even then, like was on good terms with most of my year. Well, in my subject area and all that kind of stuff, and just felt like myself for the first time in, well, at that point it would have been five or six years, and it was becoming friends with people at uni was when I was adult enough to make a conscious decision not to be clingy. Mm. so like one of my absolute best friends um at uni and after uni uh vicky and vicky is one of those people that anybody who meets vicky would want to be friends with her she's fucking awesome she is amazing and um i think if i'd met vicky when i was 16 
I would have immediately fallen in love with her, as I did. <laughs> and then I would have been an absolute heinous friend because I'd have been jealous of all of her other friends for spending time with yeah. her. Um, whereas at uni, it was great. I get to spend, I get to spend time with this awesome human being, but I also get to spend time with all of these other awesome human beings and all of her other friends are awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just meeting other cool people. I'm, through I'm her. just waiting for you to to break into the song from the Lego Movie. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> um, you know that wasn't it isn't to say that I didn't have rough patches at uni. Um, and at, the, at uni I was still convinced I was straight. Like there was all sorts of things <laughs> going on. But yeah, and then you know meeting you, getting involved with the Quidditch lot, and and it just finally felt like I found a space where my personality finally settled into something yeah. I was happy with. And so I, I just, and so much of that was because of the communities at uni and the, the groups of people. And like, whilst I'm not saying that that's like church, <laughs> <laughs> it does sometimes feel like it. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer to like, when, when was I like last at my best like i really like myself now and i yeah. i've you know i've i've always you should like yourself now kind of like myself awesome. i'm a very i'm a very selfish person i'm very full of myself uh <laughs> straight up lying to you <laughs> i walk around i was saying this earlier i walk around forgetting that i am not as hot as i think i am you are just as hot <laughs> as you think you are stop giving yourself bullshit like that um but you know i my my life experience is so fundamentally different uh to the norm and by like many degrees mm. that it's it's hard to to sometimes think in normal conversational ways about you know oh let me think about a time at school when I was like, what What was I like then? And I'm like, oh no, everything is tragic. <laughs> everything is awful. <laughs> is the is the soundtrack to my uh, childhood and teen years. So the only real answer to the question of when have I been the most true version of myself and when have I been the best version of myself is basically from like probably not day one of university but you know it, it's university is a crucible uh it's in a good way in a bad way it can be yeah uh you you go through university and you do not come out the other side the same person in any way and if you do you did it wrong and you really need to like get some self-awareness well i just think <laughs> no i think for some people uni is just not the right choice for them oh um, no absolutely absolutely and it's one of those things that if you're pressured into going to uni because everybody around you has told you it's the right choice yeah it can just really suck so much out of you that you're not enjoying it because you know you're spending so much money on it you know that you're meant to enjoy it because everybody yeah, tells you tells that you. Best time um, of your life, you're gonna yeah, your like friends all for of life. that kind of bollocks, and you know, like both my sisters had very different uni experiences to mine, and um, they're definitely both stronger women for having got through it, but it wasn't necessarily the best time for them. Yeah, well, no, I'd say not necessarily. It wasn't the best time for them. Possibly close to the worst time, but for them, I haven't discussed <laughs> it with them in quite those, those terms, so no, I can't claim it, but that's that's my uni experience is this 50 50 split between being the worst experience uh because so i'm about to get sappy okay i'm about to get a little bit sappy so let's just let's just dim the lights for a mm. second let's come in close our therapy voices you're yeah. already lying down so I'm you're in the down, perfect you know uh, university is when I really started to be myself but it's also the time when I learned to love people you know I met people who were such beautiful souls and for the first time in my life I met people that I could look at and be like I love you and I've never had that before uh, I've never felt 
any kind of like love connection to anyone uh so it was it was a magical time but it was also fucking awful because (laughs) 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 and i'll and i'll tell you why because when you learn to love people and let them in it crumbles a bit of your like protective shell you know like a lizard or something i don't know i'm in like a protective shell and it's really hard and then why would that be a lizard i don't well lizards (laughs) lizards crack out of shells yeah like i don't know i don't know that would be an egg (laughs) yeah eggs that's let's go with egg okay but anyway maybe there's a lizard in the egg (laughs) i don't know okay Hey, is the lizard hot and can I fuck it? <laughs> lizard man. That's... need to find one of those. You need to play D&D more, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when, when you learn to love people, it breaks down the barriers that you have spent years building up. And university for me was me finally actually letting people in and building strong and close friendships which led to the biggest mental breakdown that I have... Okay, not the biggest. <laughs> last, <laughs> last year was the biggest <laughs> mental breakdown. <laughs> fucking paninis. Yeah, the, the second biggest <laughs> mental breakdown that I'd ever had. But, so, and, and that, so this massive mental breakdown, everything's awful. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. And, you know, as a slightly mature student uh struggling with the fact that i'd gone back into education after a a stretch of time not in it so having to readjust to all of that and then the flip side of that is i met the best people ever i had the most fun i was also part of like loads of different um societies and groups and whatnot and won awards and won awards yeah absolutely amazing time but also really fucking awful time Mm. So, yeah, I I came out of it, like, so much better uh, and so much more able to deal with stuff that I had most definitely, you know, uh, tried to squash down. Mm. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but massive mental breakdown last year, but able to deal with it so much better because I already fucked up so much with my mental breakdown in university. So <laughs> swings and roundabouts, guys. Swings and roundabouts. You just Every time you're going through a mental breakdown, just know that it's just preparing you for the next one. <laughs> and if that's not the most depressing thing you've ever heard, I don't know what it is because that's literally mental health problems. Like, oh, yeah. everything is the worst now. But don't worry, you've learned new coping mechanisms to deal with the next <laughs> mental breakdown that you have. Oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've really appreciated this uh, session today because I, I've liked the uh, juxtaposition of uh, monster fucking religion and mental health. Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like if good... you had to summarise our friendship... <laughs> sometimes so book blurbs right yeah like, that's a fucking skill writing a book oh my blurb. gosh yeah um but what would what would our book blurb <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was it would be terrifying because on the one hand uh you're very much terry pratchett encapsulated that's your sense of humor uh, you're very enthusiastic and uh, very bubbly. And he caught me young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, on the other hand, am full of darkness and uh, woe and uh, tend to like more serious uh, kind of things, like books that make you cry, uh, books that leave you devastated, also sexy time smut books. Yeah. Uh, you mean uh, Russian literature. Oh, sorry, Russian literature. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for the longest time I've had a folder on my computer where I keep all of my smuttiest smuttiest reads uh, and just generally trashy romance um, and it's called Russian literature and yeah. that for years that is now what I call like romance and smut reads <laughs> yeah i.e. the most fun reads <laughs> yes the most fun um, to Lily's parents I really hope that you've enjoyed today's <laughs> 
I look forward to awkwardly staring you both in the eyes the next time I see you. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas. <laughs> well, hopefully before Christmas. Yeah, hopefully it's before Christmas. Because yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> then I was like, oh, well, at least I've got time that maybe they'll forget. <laughs> but we all know that your dad won't. No, not at all. Not at all. And he, he's going to make sure he directly references it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag monster fucking because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you know that's our episode title now right yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh am i gonna have to um pick and choose who i share this with on facebook with <laughs> and guys if you ever feel like feeling sorry for me because of my little woeful stories about like i don't have any family and i don't have any Oh, life is so sad. Just remember, I never have to fucking filter anything on Facebook. <laughs> the I don't, true silver lining. <laughs> I don't have any great aunt, like great aunt Margaret's or, you know, a granddad Bob to worry about what they're going to think about me. So thanks for joining us. I will be taking applications for my stalker. Uh, (laughs) Which I will be vetting. (laughs) Send them at squeak at oddman and (laughs) squeak.com. You have to pass my approval settings first. Yeah. None of you are going to pass my approval settings. Just so you know. will be put on a list <laughs> that list will be shared with whoever i deem necessary the police <laughs> uh, and if i if i find the list i will rank you all by hotness um just so. purely based on name so yeah, yeah. we don't want any pictures it's just gonna be it's purely hypothetical <laughs> name grammar sentence structure yeah word choice yeah that rank it all on levels of hotness yeah, yeah. maybe i'll make a form <laughs> yes <laughs> A Google form to be Oddman's stalker. Yes. No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And if you try and do that, I'll delete it. (laughs) So I'm having access to that. (laughs) I've just discovered my my role in this podcast and it's policing this. Right, well, we should probably end it there. Uh, Thank you again for listening in. We're really looking forward to finding out if anybody's listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Except my parents. (laughs) It's just us yelling into the void. (laughs) Yelling directly at my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.